0: We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense, or you get into a fender bender, but you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. To download the Dave app, go to Dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolved Bank and Trust. Member FDIC.
1: Hello and welcome to another special edition of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. And we are back for one of our chin wag episodes, and we are delighted to welcome none other than the doctor, presenter, and author of the No Worries Guide for Boys, How to Grow Up and Feel Amazing, Dr. Ranj Singh. How are we doing, Dr. Ranj? (laughs)
2: Um, I'm okay, thanks. Much like everybody else, just kind of plodding on, taking each day as it comes. Just, um, I... I'm so lucky. I don't have to homeschool anyone. I just about look after myself. So I, I take my hat <laughs> off to all the parents and carers out there that are doing about fifty thousand jobs at the same time. I think you're incredible.
1: Oh no, it is. It's it's been a challenge. We're recording this during the half-term break, and I think this half-term break is the one that every parent <laughs> and every teacher sort of needed because um, we always start off by asking how sort of lockdown been, especially this third lockdown. How's it been treating you? Uh,
2: I. I Much like I think a lot of people, I went through different phases with the different lockdowns. The first one, I kind of found quite therapeutic because it made me stop and do things that I've been putting off for ages, like finish off projects, finish off a book, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, clean out cupboards and stuff like that. So all this stuff that I'd piled up. So that was really good. And it kind of made me a bit more mindful. So I quite liked that. And plus it was great weather, remember? We had Mm. really lovely weather at that time. The second one, we all just knuckled down in October, yeah. November time. We just thought, right, we've got to do this to get through to the to, to hopefully to have a Christmas. And then we all know what happened after that. This third one has been tough yeah.
1: for
2: everyone. The, the fact that it's cold, so we're a lot more cooped up inside. Um, you know, it's mentally, this one's been a really difficult one, I think, for a lot of people. And that's why I think we just need to be a little bit more understanding and kind to yeah. each other in this one, because... Yeah. Everyone
1: is going through a lot of stress right now. Yeah. It is. It's stressful for everyone, isn't it? We're all we've all we've all got our sort of struggles. So um congratulations on the, the new book. It was released Thank you. yesterday. Um we've both had uh, yeah, we've both had a little look through it. <laughs> Wave it
2: around as much as possible.
1: Yeah. Um, I said, I'm going to get a copy for my boys. Uh, I've got, uh, well, I've got nine-year-old triplets. Uh, I've got two identical boys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've done quite well. I think that's the record of how quickly we've done one of these interviews where I've mentioned it.
3: Honestly, (laughs) if we're we're playing a drinking game, that'd be the first thing. (laughs) If if Lee mentions that he's got triplets.
1: So Um, so hang
2: on, you've got a set of twins and a non-twin.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, like, so, as in a
2: non-identical twins.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's quite quirky.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's great. The the yeah. the wonder I mean the <laughs> homeschooling the homeschooling's been very stressful. Uh I keep saying, a I I I sort of um <laughs> I keep making up the fact I've got Zoom calls when I haven't. I just come to this room just for a bit of a break. Yeah.
2: Daddy's got a meeting, a really yeah. long meeting with a glass of wine. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 They,
0: uh,
2: are
3: a, they are a miracle, though, aren't they? Uh, the, the kids. And they do say that great things come from small packages. So <laughs> well done, Lee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I had to get a dig I'm in sure they're somewhere.
2: Wonderful. You had Yeah, I had to.
1: Yeah, but no, I think for my boys, uh, so they're nine turning 10 this year. I think the book is perfect for that sort of age range. I think yeah, Adam's, yeah, yeah. You, you're looking, you want to get a copy for you. So you can I... learn a few things, Adam.
3: <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, this is why, and and, and a massive congratulations from me also. Uh, you know, this kind of book, back when I was a youngster, would have saved me a lot of embarrassment along the way. A lot of awkward conversations, yeah. a lot of, dodgy, you know, stuff that parents, you you know, I'm not going to go into too much. No one needs to know this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. I do want to say, you know, it is such a pleasure having you on. Uh, I've got a, a close friend uh, who's on maternity leave and, and I told her that we were interviewing you. And she said, oh my God, I've watched him all the time on this morning. <laughs> it's been the highlight of my maternity leave. Wow. I said, well, it's spending time with your precious new baby, but I'm sure <laughs> <will take> it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean,
1: thank you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that, yeah. what they say I'm glad to that. To help? um <laughs> so
1: for, for for anyone listening, do you want to tell us a little bit about the book? Um,
2: yeah, yeah. So, um, it's called "How to Grow Up and Feel Amazing: The No Worries Guide for Boys," and it is essentially a modern and up to date growing up guide for boys and young men. So, it's aimed roughly at the ages of ten to fourteen, but obviously you'll have younger children that will benefit from that and older ones. So I say anywhere between eight to 16, to be honest.
1: Um,
2: uh, And it tries to be as inclusive as possible. So it doesn't just talk about boys. It talks about what girls go through as well, to some extent, because it's important for boys to know that. And it's for anybody that identifies as a boy as well, they might find it useful Um, or for their parents and carers or for their siblings and friends who just want to learn a bit more about the challenges physically, mentally, societally that boys are going through right now um and i yeah i I literally poured everything into everything i learned when i was growing up everything i've learned from being a professional that looks after young people as well i've tried to put as much into it as possible to to try and help out as many people as possible Um, and i'm hoping that young boys will pick it up and, and and see a part of themselves in it or it will answer some of those questions and even You you mentioned that old, (laughs) it might help Adam there. Um, Some (laughs) parents and carers have read it and said, that because obviously often usually what happens is they screen the book before they give it to their uh, little ones. Um, They've said, I I learned stuff. I didn't even know that. And I'm a 40-year-old man. (laughs) So it's useful for everyone, even the big kids in your lives.
1: Yeah. Like my brother there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I mean, it is it's certainly comprehensive. It sort of covers everything. What was the sort of inspiration behind writing this book for boys? Was it a case of I wish I had this book when I was younger? Or was mm-hmm. it the sort of issues that we're facing in today's world? Because, you know, I remember when when the kids were born, I was very much on this um gender stereotyping around my daughter and my daughter's you know she plays sport she does everything the boys do but then I can't remember his name I sat through a conference a while ago and it was a guy talking about the way we stereotype boys as well saying things like you know the worst phrase you can say to a young boy is man up and I've been very mindful of that so what was the sort of inspiration behind was it a mix of both or yeah it was to some extent
2: it's funny you mentioned that phrase man up I use woman up because I think women are the stronger sex, let's be honest. <laughs> I completely agree. We could not do what they do. And no. <laughs> honestly, we would fall apart if we had to do what um, girls and women had to do. But um, no, I totally get your point. So it was a bit of both of that. So when you look at what's out there in terms of growing up guides guides right now, there is a lot for girls, quite rightly, because yeah. I think growing up in this world as a girl, as a as somebody who identifies as female, whatever you want to say, um it's really tough. And quite rightly, there's a lot of support when you look at what's out there for boys. It's not quite so much. And what was out there was relatively speaking out of date. So there was yeah. a need for it. There's been a special need for it, given what's happened over the last year. I think coincidentally, I started writing this before the pandemic struck. And then um, I think it's become even more relevant since everything that's happened. And also, you're right. I wanted it to be the book that I needed when I was growing up. Yeah, I had to learn a lot of these lessons the hard way. I didn't have somebody telling me, um, giving me necessarily the advice I've put into here, and I think I could really have done with it, and yeah. it would have really made things a bit more comfortable for me and a bit maybe less of a roller coaster through life. And I, I don't want any young person, any young boy, to go through what I had to go through to learn those lessons. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping that they will find this helpful and not have to do that.
1: Yeah. And it's just sort of hopefully opening those conversations, because I think one thing that really a lot of boys do struggle with is opening up and, and, and talking about their feelings and emotions. And, uh, you know, you cover pretty much everything but that, you know, diet, personal hygiene, <laughs> body image. Um, but there is a big, big focus on sort of mental health side of things, which I think for a lot of teachers is, is very obvious anyway. But why for you was it so important to have that sort of focus on the mental health side of things?
2: um mental health is such a huge topic right now and it's a big topic for younger people especially during the pandemic when we've seen the impact that this pandemic has had on people's well-being physically Mm. and mentally especially that of children and young people so I think you couldn't write a book about growing up without talking about mental health we have a whole chapter in this book about mental health as well as Dotted about in the other chapters, obviously I go back to it quite a lot, um, 50% of mental health problems manifest before by the age of 14. If we're not talking to kids and young people before that, we are doing them a disservice. We need to yeah. be talking to them about it. And also, it's not just necessarily having all the answers, I think, because the book doesn't give you the answers. What it does do, though, is it normalizes some things, it normalizes feelings, and it makes, hopefully, Boys feel a bit more reassured that they're not the only people going through it, that every day isn't fantastic. You have not so fantastic days and down days as well. And here's some ways to cope and manage with some of those feelings. And if you're really struggling, if things are overwhelming and it's affecting your day to day life and you being happy, then I hope that it gives them the confidence to ask for help. And that's a yeah. big, big message in this book is if you're really struggling, speak to somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's really, really important. And I also, f- for speaking from someone who uh, advocates the positive use of technology, it was great to see there was a big chunk in there about um, internet safety and, and cyber safety. Yeah. So again, why, why would you say that? I mean, I, I could probably answer that for you, but just for anyone sort of listening, because <laughs> I, I talk about it all the time, uh, and it sort of links into what you were saying there about the the mental health side of things, isn't it? When you you yeah. know you were saying about um, people do have down days but you don't tend to see that on social media when you're following a lot of other people so what i feels great about is it does feel so much more relevant than a lot of the other guides that are out there because it's including so many more you know up-to-date themes i suppose
2: yeah yeah we have a whole chapter on social media um and that is all centered around the fact that the internet and social media is is an increasingly bigger part of our lives generally and increasingly a bigger part of young people's lives but despite all of the amazing things that the internet and social media do, and I'm a massive advocate for it, because I think it's a huge force for good and Mm. sharing and connection, and we talk about all of that stuff. um, We have to know how to use it responsibly. So, you know, just as wonderful as social media is, it can also be very risky and you have to know how to use it responsibly and safely, especially as a young person. So we talk about recognizing things like fake news, talking about things like filters and the fact that what you see online may not be what is actually exists in real life and the impact that can have on the way you think about yourself and comparing yourself to it. Um, We talk about communication and being kind online. We talk about cyberbullying and trolling and being on the lookout for that and identifying Mm. it and not Doing it yourself in a family as well. Um, so these topics are huge, and I think that like, same with mental health. You know, you can't have a grown-up guide without talking about it, and I'm I'm glad we've got a chapter in there that was reviewed by a young person actually, because I wanted to make sure it was hitting the right tone for yeah. them. Because I think writing about it as a 41-year-old man who didn't grow up with the internet, kind of.
1: No way, (laughs) I'll tell you what, you're looking belting for 41, (laughs) my friend.
2: (laughs) Tell me your skincare regime, please. (laughs) I'm just going to blame my genetics. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, I, I was very conscious that actually when I grew up, I didn't have the internet and I was kind of eased into it as it developed as I was a teenager, so I kind of learned to grow with the internet. Yeah. Whereas now I think young people are just born straight into it and you have yeah. to deal with it straight away. And they don't have the benefit that we have of gradually getting to learn it and getting to grips with it and recognizing when it is and isn't good. Yeah, there'll absolutely. Be,
3: there'll be parents and teachers listening to this, just getting on and getting that book ordered because this is <laughs> literally, it honestly ticks. I'm not just saying it cause you're on but it ticks yeah. every single box. And Lee, you yes. know, Lee does talk a lot about uh, this stuff like the technology side, the mental health side. It's just so crucial because yourself being so popular and things, you know, people will be more likely to listen. And even having to flick through myself, uh, yes, I did learn a lot, but I don't want to go into what I learned. <laughs> but, um, the kind of language you used and the way you were kind of, you know, if you were talking about something like, erection and you were using the kind of slang uses of it Mm. you know boys are kind of a bit like oh but then when i was reading that there was kind of a little bit of a smile but then it was kind of like oh you know i want to read on and that's a 32 year old so (laughs) you know i know that there'll be parents and teachers so yeah just well done again it's uh it's like you said such an important time for something like this to come out so uh yeah top draw yeah
2: yeah, well, you're right. I think language was so important and tone was so important, particularly when you're talking about subjects that might be quite embarrassing and, yeah. you know, a little bit giggly and a bit funny. And I, and I, you know, I do acknowledge that some of these things are funny and they're quite funny to read. And, and, you know, they can be a little bit intimate and... But the thing is, it's very important to be honest about it and say it as it is and be yeah. open and just, you know, there is... <laughs> When we talk about yeah, you know, there's a chapter talking about sex and intimate relationships and, and safety and consent and all the important stuff that goes with that. And and it focuses predominantly on relationships and having solid good relationships rather than you're just talking about sex. Yeah. But um oh you know, one thing I, I really wanted to make sure is that people what we were doing it as openly and as honestly as we could be to try and predominantly to keep young people safe and yeah. to keep them happy. That's what the that's what the gist of it is. That's what the aim of it is. And I hope that parents and carers will feel confident in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to that point you were making about obviously children being born into this world where they've never known, you know, a time before technology, I often think how lucky because I think I got my first Facebook account and I must have been like twenty one, twenty-two. And I know Adam went through a stage of using MSN Messenger uh and had some rather Dodgy statuses using all sorts of song lyrics. So, again, I can only imagine what where he would have ended up with these sort of tools given you easy approach to life. Remember,
2: MySpace people don't remember, <laughs> young people don't know what MySpace was.
3: No,
1: I
2: mean, exactly. MySpace well, was where it all started. Come on, yeah, this Facebook, is the we had MySpace, young
3: I don't know, you know, I work at a school now trying to inspire the next generation. And I don't know whether I would have had that impact if my kind of uh, bosses higher levels would have seen my kind of capital, small case, capital, (laughs) small case name uh, with lyrics followed. Ice is cool, but I'm looking for more. It's your heart that my, no, it's your love that my heart beats for. And I was about 14. I'd never even spoken to a girl before. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was kind of, you know, rapping these tunes and oh my Um... God. I needed.
2: Mean so I needed.
1: Mean so that embarrassing
2: time. now, as yeah. we're looking back on it. it but is. We we grow and we learn. We do. We grow
1: and we learn. I often say, like I'm, I feel <laughs> lucky that I grew up in the time that I did, because I think there are so many more. There's so much pressure on these young children uh, with all that technology. Like yeah. you say, the the filters, the comparing to what they see online, and you know this this sort yeah. of pressure of feeling that you've got to look perfect 24 seven whereas we we've seen but we've talked about on the podcast some of the rather dodgy fashion choices that we made back in the day <laughs> luckily they're hidden oh. away me mum's oh, lot let's not, know, let's not
2: bring let's not bring that up
1: let's
2: <laughs> not bring that up yeah you know, then we're getting to hairstyles and all sorts
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, we've got a questionable back catalogue, let me tell you that much. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the chapter that you talk about, sort of sex and relationships education, again, done really, really well. Um, both myself and Adam have, have had to teach sort of the RS, uh, SRE yeah. curriculum, which can be uh, challenging at the best of times. Was there anything uh, or what sort of informed your approach to this part of it? Did you have to speak to young people? Was there anything that you actually found out from then that you didn't know before or anything like that?
2: Um, so I've, I've, I've learned from young people my entire life because I work with them. So I'm constantly yeah. learning. Um, so very much, much of this book was informed by school curriculums. Um, yeah. So topics that are certainly being taught and talked about were, were kind of like my frameworks. So I was like, right, we've got to do that. We've got to put that in. We've got to put that in. But at the same time, I also Wanted to try and be as inclusive as possible, mm. so we talk about all kinds of relationships, not just heterosexual ones. We talk about we we talk about gender identity and things like that. We talk about sexuality. We touch on all these topics because boys will be thinking about that stuff, and if nobody's yeah. talking to them, then they're kind of left out of the discussion. And I think it's really important to highlight that. Of course, we talk about sex. Of course, we talk about pregnancy and of course we we touch on sexually transmitted infections we touch on protection but we also touch on consent and the importance Mm. of that Mm -hmm. we talk about love and relationships coming before sex and you know certainly I make a point in this book is that you know I'm very mindful of the fact that I'm talking to boys and and young men who may not be ready to have these sorts of conversations or think about that sort of thing but the point is I am Saying to them, this is to prepare you for when you are. This is not saying that you have to. This is not saying that you should be. This is to say actually, when you feel ready and when it's right, this is how, this is how to prepare yourself. This is how to be safe. And this is when to recognize that there's a problem. Yeah. Because that's one thing I think we've not been very good at is teaching all young people actually, this is how to recognize a problem in a relationship that you might, that it actually might be bad for you. so yeah, I wanted to try and be as inclusive and as understanding and, and as open as possible, but using that school curriculum as my sort of structure.
1: Yeah, and and it, and it's great because hopefully, you know, children will be get that understanding of how people can be different, and you know, learn that sort of acceptance of how people, you know, yeah. have different you know approaches to to things. Um, but it was funny yeah. because and when I think
2: we... we need to remember.
1: Yeah, sorry. go on. Sorry. Well, no, no, go one on. One
2: thing we need to remember, um, uh, and I didn't want to just jump with you there, but one thing I, th- I think all parents and carers need to remember is that young people are so much more accepting and understanding of diversity and difference right now.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, that, you know, that they are so open to ideas. They're open to this fantastic world around them. Um, let's not limit them. Let's no. not limit them. Let's actually take that and let's develop it and let's celebrate it and let's, you know, let's champion. Their openness, their understanding, and and their tolerance, and and their willingness to learn about diversity, because I think that's only a good thing, and especially when it comes to things like relationships, I think that's hugely important. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you're right. They, it's it's no one size fits all for everybody.
1: Yeah. It. All, it when when it's we were so sort of go on, Adam.
2: I was just going to say it's so true uh,
3: about what you're saying about children. There, I mean, you know, working. Working in schools for the last—it's coming up to ten years for myself—and you know the children that are different, who who met, you know, who like different things, different fashion choices, whatever it may be. The 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 kind of what I've seen in the last ten years, because obviously I, I went to school, then had a dodgy ten years of, of of jobs here, there, and everywhere, which I won't bore you with, and then obviously back into school. And the the kind of acceptance, the the love, and the the yeah. protection is yes. what. Um, really surprises me is, is that if anyone, I always remember one of my first weeks in my old school and uh, there was a girl who had a Down syndrome and she came in and one of the boys, you know, they were so protective over her. And yeah. one of the boys like laughed and the class just like jumped yeah. on this boy kind of like, what do you think you're doing it? You know, kind of standing up for her. I mean, obviously yeah. in the right way, you know, we teach yeah. them in the right way, but it's so true. No matter what kind of, beliefs or or you know sexual orientation whatever it may be that children have it's like
2: doesn't matter they're wonderful
3: people and the love is is absolutely amazing they
2: they children are better humans than grown-ups are
1: oh absolutely
2: more humanity than all of us and we always act like we teach children we've got so much to learn from them that we forgot when we were growing up and this you know Growing up into this world and taking responsibility and all the other stuff that comes, there is so much purity and uh, an acceptance and love and all the basics that yeah. are there that I think we need to nurture. And that's what I think teachers do really, really well. They really yeah. know. They pick up on that stuff and they know what to do. And I think yeah, you know, that's why we should cherish and 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 respect and celebrate our teachers because they know how to do that. Let's learn from them.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the main reason why so many teachers choose that profession because every single day you're being surrounded by young people who remind you of you know everything you've just said there and it is it is special it is when um, it a
2: better time
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> the world was a better place <laughs> absolutely absolutely um so that leads us nicely on to uh, the next question because obviously our podcast does focus a lot about life in the classroom um so what were you yeah. like at school what sort of student were you like when you were, were at school
2: Oh gosh, um, I, do you know what? I, I went through a phase of, in my early sort of school years, not really feeling like it was for me. I yeah. wasn't academic, didn't really have a focus, didn't really have a goal, wasn't very good at school, to be honest. Yeah. Um, wasn't really, I don't know, it just didn't stick with me. Um, and then went into a phase where I started to focus and then all of a sudden it all started to drop into place. And all I needed was a goal. All I needed was a dream. And my dream at that point became, oh, actually, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. So then therefore I know what I need to do now. Yeah. Um, and I needed, I obviously had wonderful people championing me and supporting me and helping me um, and giving me great advice, but I needed that focus because before that it was just all over the place. Mm. Um, so, uh, so then I was kind of very much, uh, you know, a, 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 a good student at that <laughs> yeah. point before that I was probably a bit of a nightmare right I think but as soon as I as soon as I got that goal as soon as I got that dream and I thought right this is what I've got to do yeah. to get there that was it I was I was after that I was the the, the well, that wasn't the model student model people but I tried to be yeah definitely tried to be and um, yeah definitely it paid off it paid off I got into medical school and I never thought that was gonna happen
1: no, no. And what was it that inspired that goal of wanting to be a doctor? What was it that, it made, you know, created that goal for you?
2: I think I needed somebody to tell me that I could do it. Right. Um, weirdly, uh, because before that, I, I grew up, um, I'm not from a very well-off background and, um, you know, I didn't have anybody in my family that had gone to university or, or, or done anything like that. Um, my parents are first generation immigrants, you know, they worked in manual professions and they worked really, really hard. And they kept saying to me and my brothers, come on, you don't need to do what we're doing. Yeah. Do well. At, try hard at school and you won't have to. And hopefully you'll have a better life. And it just the thing is, that didn't work for me because I was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't I can't do any of this. I'm not very good at school. Um, I don't really know how nobody's telling me how to do this and i think it took people to say look just try just aim just focus give it a go mm. find the things you're good at and run with those and i and i found that yeah i you know i was really really creative um at school at one point and i but then i thought actually i'm 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 not really finding a focus there i love it i love art i love music i love all of that kind of stuff but i don't feel like i'm focusing on it and then as soon as somebody said well why don't you
3: To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com
0: slash switch. That's mintmobile.com slash switch. We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense or you get into a fender bender, but you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. To download the Dave app, go to dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot com. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank & Trust. Member FDIC.
2: Yeah, you want to be a doctor. Why don't you actually try? Why yeah. don't you actually have a go? And I just knuckled down. I thought, right, I know what I've got to do now. And that, yeah. that's why I did. Real?
3: That's, a, that's an amazing, uh, you know, for anyone listening... That kind of goal setting. I was, I was wondering whether you might have seen an episode of Casualty. and You know, you thought to yourself, <laughs> you know what? I fancy doing this. Them, them kids playing with them fireworks
2: at the start. I need to help them. <laughs> I think I, I've always, I've always been interested in science and the way things ticked. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, I've always had this sort of, I suppose, want to help people. So it kind of felt like a logical choice. I just needed, I needed someone to, I think, cheerlead me. That's what yeah. I did.
1: Was that a particular teacher who did that for you or?
2: I had, I had some wonderful teachers actually yeah. that could do that. I, I remember in primary school, I had a teacher called Mrs. Page who championed my creativity. She was the reason that I loved art and music. Yeah. Um, then I had Mr. Farley in secondary uh, in June school who championed my technical and scientific side and thought, hang on, you're, you, you're good at this. You can do this. Yeah. Um, and then just going through school, more and more people, Mr. Wolf, my biology teacher who used to, who wanted to do medicine, but didn't, and then went into teaching instead. Um, and I remember him saying, yes, you can, you can do this. Come on. Yeah. We've got, we've got this. And it just needed teachers along the way to, to say to me, it was actually a family friend who was a pharmacist that said to me, why don't you just aim as high as you can get and see where you end up? Cause you're only going to end up in a better position. Yeah. Um, you know, reach for, re, was it? Reach for the stars, yeah, and you know, if it fail the worst that can happen, you land on the moon, moon whatever yeah, the yeah. saying is. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've stuck with that. I've stuck with that. I've, every opportunity I've got, I've just been like, right, I'm going to run with this and see where I end up. <laughs> and worse comes to worst, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and if it does, wonderful.
1: Yeah, taking That's risks. What I've kind of done. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. it's the way. It's yourself, the way to do it. Push yourself. Yeah. So was science your favourite subject at school? would you say was that the one year oh like the most or
2: oh it used to be art it yeah? used to be art and right i also uh, yeah art was probably my most favorite in primary school that yeah. was the thing that i really loved and and music music was actually weirdly the first thing i was ever told i was good at right um and i remember that feeling i remember my teacher telling me that um it was completely out of the blue And she forced me to try out for the school choir. She forced me to sing. (laughs) And then was like, what the? Where did that come from? Um, And that was the first time I had a feeling that I was good at something. Um, And I remember that was my favorite thing then. And then going into secondary school, I think it was was probably, I still loved art, still loved music, music maybe not so much at that time. Um, But yeah, it's probably science. Science was the thing that I thought, yeah, I can do this. Then yeah, it made sense. Do you know, when something feels logical and he thinks, Yeah, that makes sense. That kind of, I get it. I get how that works. Okay, got this. I got this one. Um, but yeah, so there's been a weird, like, artistic side to me and then a scientific side to me that are in constant battle with each other as to who's going to do what.
1: Yeah,
3: I, I mean, had the same. Uh, I had the same success at primary school. I, one of my own, I mean, you know, we always talk on the podcast that Lee was quite, um, you know, he was a good a teacher's pet. He was a good student. Um, I, on the other hand, made some questionable choices. Nothing too bad, but I was kind of, you know, a bit of a, bit of a renegade. And uh, in one of my school reports that we found at my mum's, just because going back on what you were saying about your music and getting told that you're good at something. In my school report, every single uh, lesson it was like, Maths, he doesn't concentrate. English, he messes around. Then, he, <laughs> then it up came music, and it said, "Adam can clap his own name," and that was it. <laughs> and I was thinking, "Boom!" <laughs> saying to my mum and dad, "You've got to get me that. That's what I'm gonna now. <laughs> you got to get me that Power Rangers football, that's Smash music, <laughs> Adam
2: <laughs> Parkinson. See that? <laughs> 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 he can clap his name.
1: Yeah, that's all I needed." And that was secondary wow. school as well. That was that was secondary school. As well, yeah. Wow,
2: that's quite an achievement. That is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but you get you get a sense of your uh, love for music because every chapter starts with a reference to a song, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: Yes, it does. Yeah. So music for me is like weaved into the fabric of life. like everything yeah. has a song. And I listen to music every day, and it's the way I kind of relax. Um, and I thought, Do you know what? songs are, Music is about life. Songs are about life. So, why don't I take songs that have real meanings to me and put them into this book? And yeah. hopefully, you know, someone might go away and start listening to them. Like, we've got everything from Greatest Showman uh, yeah. to Lizzo to the, you know, Salt and Pepper, which is my, you know, my hero. Yeah you got Lion King the in there, haven't you? Lion King's in there. You know, got Ed Sheeran, obviously. Can't get yeah. away from Ed Sheeran. Got to have him in there. Um, yeah, so I wanted every chapter to have a musical meaning as well. And I hope that, Young people might discover something new through that, but they're all positive, empowering songs.
1: Yeah, because that's that's the. I think that's the moment where you realise you are getting old when your children are listening to music <laughs> and you make the same comment your dad did, which was, "This isn't real music," yeah. <laughs> because I what I is, don't, what is? I I can't do it. I have to listen to uh, like history on the radio. Yeah, my kids are like, "What's what's this music?" this is music kids this is what it's about <laughs> is there any particular it's... Is, is there I was going to say is there any particular song that sort of defines your time at school that as soon as you hear it it just takes you back because that's the power of music doesn't it It has that ability to just sort of oh gosh I know you sort of mentioned songs wow. there but is there one definitive song that is like your era at Ooh, school your time at school that's...
3: What got you up at the
2: school disco? What made you? I never went to the school school disco. disco. (laughs) I never, I remember listening to a lot of Madonna, George Michael, um, because that was, yeah, Michael Jackson was, you know, big at that time. Um, Yeah, I remember all of that stuff. Uh, But I don't know if there was one song. My friends were all kind of getting into grunge and sort of Nirvana and Metallica and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was kind of like, yeah, it's, all right. it's not really my thing, but it's pretty cool. Nine yeah. Inch Nails, a little bit out there. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of like, yeah, do you know? And then I started to get into sort of R&B music at that point. And then I went into university and then, you know, um, obviously became a grown-up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I don't think there's one particular song. I'd have to ever think about that, yeah. actually. That's a all really right. good point.
1: Yeah. What about you, Adam? Have know. you got the one song? I think yeah, it's. I mean, "Mysterious Girl." It's got to be by Peter Andre for Adam. That's oh no! Yeah.
3: The thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to en- embarrass myself in front of Dr. Range, but uh, you know, I do have a bit of a party piece where I, I, I kind of strip to "Mysterious Girl." Don't worry, I've not got the tune lined up for you now. Um, <laughs> shame, um, but it's. I'm not sure that face is quite insulting. <laughs> Um, Okay. But no, it's um, (laughs) it's a bit of a pie piece. But back in the day, do you know what song comes to mind? Which I absolutely loved was uh, "Living La Vida Loca" by Ricky Martin. (laughs) Oh my gosh! uh,
2: Wow. I used
3: to buzz off that tune, and it it was. I have this thing with songs. It's like certain bits of songs I love. Yeah. Like just you know, certain bits of the chorus or certain bits of the, the verse, and the one where he goes like woke up in New York City, <laughs> that just that bit
2: she took my money. Yeah, it's that amazing. girl's gonna make me off. <laughs> 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 yeah. take you dancing. We could we could
3: <laughs> do it, that's a charity single right there.
2: <laughs> it's such it's such a good tune. Come on, it Great is
1: it is it is, yeah. <laughs> but, um Yeah, I think that example of what happens if Adam ends up doing a a dance to Mysterious Girl should have gone in the book of what happens if you go over the limit of alcohol. That tends to be, (laughs) you know, as a bad... This is what could happen. (laughs) Yeah, this is what... Yeah, yeah. Be
2: careful, kids. This is where you may end up. You don't want to end up like this guy.
1: (laughs) Um, So going back to your school days, was there any particular subject that you just did not like at just just sort of hated with a passion?
2: Oh, was there, you know, I wasn't very sporty. Um, and, mm. I, and I actually am really sad about that um, because the reason I wasn't sporty, not because I didn't want to do it, I think it was the way it was taught right, in those days. Um, and I'm, I, I think I'm glad that, that teaching has come on, I think. Um, okay. sport. I remember being in, in, in sports lessons where kids were ridiculed for not being good by yeah. teachers yeah, at the time. And this was a long time ago. You know, people being sort of slightly made fun of. Um, and, and at the time, people thought it was funny. And I didn't think it was funny. And it uh-huh. made me uncomfortable. And not, and also um, being made to do sports. So in my secondary school, we were made to do rugby, made to do hockey, made to play cricket. And when you for, enforce it on someone, rather yeah. than saying, well, what are you good at? Because I wanted to play badminton. I was good at that. Yeah. I wanted to do cross-country running. I liked that. Um, I wanted to play table tennis. Um, those I didn't really get a chance to exercise quite so much. And I think, and, and, and things like I, I, I discovered later in life that I love dancing. Yeah. Um, and I wish I'd had the opportunity to, to be sporty through those rather than this regimented view that you can only play certain things. Our school didn't play football in secondary school. We used yeah. to play at lunchtime. And I used to love that. And I think that because it wasn't kind of allowed, as it were, it kind of fell off my radar, which I think is a bit of a shame. But, yeah, sports probably. PE. Yeah. And it's
1: interesting uh, you say that because I think those bad experiences can stick with people for a very long time. And when you talk in the book about the importance of health and and sort of exercise, if you don't have those opportunities, it can then lead on to, you know, yeah. It can be quite challenging to then find your groove when you get a little bit older and what sort of yeah, sports definitely. exercises. Yeah,
2: definitely. And I think those school experiences can make or break you for life, especially yeah. when it comes to things like physical activity. If, you're, if your experience around that is positive growing up, then you're more likely to do it as an adult. Yeah, and I think that's hugely important, it's as important as all the other stuff we teach kids. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 it, and I talk about in the book about finding the thing that you love. Yeah, and using that as your exercise. So I use dance as my exercise because I love it. Um, I, I I'm not a massive fan of going to the gym, but because I'm of a certain age, I have to be healthy. I try to yeah. make myself go, but <laughs> I love I love the dancing. That's the yeah. thing that keeps me going. So, uh, Adam, maybe I'll get some tips from you. <laughs> well, Sounds to like be honest, a but, but
3: myself and uh, myself, my wife and my wife's nan were. Uh, I bet you don't know where this story is going, but it's, it's actually <laughs> <This is going. laughs> <We're> going... <laughs>
2: Nothing to do this with me going Audrey. into dodgy territory, isn't
3: it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I uh, we're massive fans of you on Strictly. So it's nice, <laughs> to know um, nice to know that you're kind of still loving the dance. My wife used to dance. So she's, yeah. Um, yeah so she, we actually, on Valentine's Day, I've not even told Lee this, we, did, a, um, we did kind of a beginner's salsa on YouTube. Wow. Well, wow. I was in my flip flops and, I, and I, I, nearly <laughs> went, I nearly went God. arse over tip so many times. And it's not going to gonna work. Exactly. No. Uh, yeah. So, but um, yeah, so well done as well.
2: For...
3: <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with
2: salsa amazing. is the best dance. It's the best dance when you've had a few and you want to have a laugh. It's really hard. Like ballroom and Latin dancing, I, 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 like, I take my hat off to people who do it because it looks easier than it is. So, when you're actually learning to do it, it's really hard. Yeah. But, salsa. Is the
1: fun one? Yeah, yeah. With flip flops. Was that love for dancing that you said you loved? That was that pre Strictly, or was that because of Strictly?
2: No, well, I used to. I I used to enjoy going out dancing with yeah. mates, which is very different. Yeah.
1: Let's be honest. Yeah.
2: You you will never see anyone twerking on Strictly. <laughs> That's what um, I was about to say. You don't see those sort of dances <laughs> on
0: Strictly, do you? you? Don't
2: see that sort of stuff. No. <laughs> so I I went into Strictly thinking, yeah, you know what. I've got rhythm and stuff, and I got completely destroyed when I realised what it actually takes to yeah. dance, dance. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it was really hard work, physically and mentally. But I fell in love with it yeah. afterwards, and I've tried to keep it going.
1: Oh, amazing, amazing. So let's talk about. Obviously, you, you went to uni, you, you qualified as a doctor. How did the sort of transition to being on the telly and becoming sort of? You know, the UK's doctor on this morning and the TV shows. How, how did that all come about? Oh, Was that completely by accident? Really?
2: Completely by accident. I did not leave university thinking I want to be on telly. No. I
1: didn't have
2: any dreams or aspirations of any kind like that. It just happened. But an opportunity came up. This is the thing I talk about. An opportunity came up and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give this a go and see what happens if yeah. it works out great if it doesn't doesn't matter it's a life learning experience but if it works out I'm gonna run with it and I ran with it I Mm. took it and I thought I can bring my day job to this other platform maybe you know give out some health information help people out a little bit um all health promotion stuff and I still do that and it's just kind of grown and grown and grown um and and it kind of stuck and I kind of thought okay you know what I can do this and the role grew and I got to do some amazing things. I've, You know, I've got to go on Strictly and amazing yeah. shows like that. Um, I've been very lucky, but it was very much push it, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. See what happens. Just see what happens. And I, and I, and I think I've, that's kind of something that I keep trying to do all the time now, just thinking yeah. you never know where it's going to go. So give it a shot and see what happens.
1: Absolutely. And do you think um, everything you were saying there about your love for the arts from your primary school played a big role in you being able to do what you're doing now?
2: Yeah, I, I genuinely think that's my creative side that's been yeah. battling to get out since I was a kid thinking, hey, you know, there's a there's a, there's a little opportunity here that we can do something slightly out of the dot to box yeah Because doctors get boxed up into a certain kind of person does a certain kind of thing and you're not allowed to do anything else or you're not going to be able to do anything else and I think my creative side's thought right this is my opportunity to do a little bit of what I enjoy so now I do both jobs and I've never been happier because I think both sides of my personality get a good go at stuff now yeah. Um, whereas before I was always probably constantly a little bit like, oh, do I really want to do this or do I really want to do that? So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been, I think.
1: Oh, amazing. And it's just great yeah, because as well. <laughs> I think on, for, for myself on a very smaller scale, because I work in my school part time and then I usually travel to lots of different schools and I do training with teachers. And someone pointed out to me made me realize a while back you know it's it's amazing because usually if you're in school full-time you'd only be able to impact say 30 children whereas being able to spread your ideas to so many schools you haven't and it must be similar for you so you know if you were still full-time in a gp surgery there'd only be so many people but when you're able to spread like you say that awareness you know and and there is still that sort of it's not it's not really stigma but there's so many people who don't go to doctors when when they should do and get things checked out. But if you're there on telly sort of pointing things out, it, you know, it must just be great to know that you're able to, you know, raise the profile of, you know, NHS doctors and the incredible job they're yeah. doing, but also educate and just sort of help so many people through what you do. And it must be a great feeling.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, all of us medics, there's lots of us who, who do work in an on-screen role or in the media and um, we appreciate that it comes with lots of perks and you know, mm. there is a fun side to it. There is a really glitzy glam side to it, but we also recognize the reason we do it is health promotion. So my seven minute item on this morning, which doesn't cost the NHS a penny because I work part-time anyway. So, yeah. you know, I'm not at work on that day. Yeah. So when I go in and do a seven minute item and it saves or helps or goes out to millions of people that is more powerful and more cost-effective than any intervention that I could have done at work. And mm. that's the importance of it. As silly as these platforms may seem to some people, they are really powerful. Oh gosh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're really, really important. And uh, we get a lot of stick, I think, on social media sometimes, but people are always like, oh, he's obviously not at work today. His patients yeah. are waiting in their waiting room. And I was like, that actually really hurts because I work evenings and weekends. And then during the week, I do all of this stuff and I don't take days off that often. No. Um, but you know, I recognise that this platform I've gotten really lucky, but it's really powerful, and I want to make the most mm. of it.
1: Yeah, and I saw the other day uh, your I parents did got vaccinated. HIV HIV
2: test, didn't you?
1: Sorry, God, I do, I do.
3: Sorry, I was just going to say um, you did a live HIV test, didn't you?
1: On I the did. back of uh, the
3: It's a Sin uh, program, and and yes. something like that is, like you're saying, is so powerful. And and even though you are working. You know, I agree. I'd love to tell them stupid people that say like, oh, the patient's waiting. You know, that, that, what you did on this morning there, just like you said, a little short thing where you did the test showing kind of how easy, how quick could save so many people's like lives and stuff and families and, you know, so yeah don't yeah. listen to
2: the fools <laughs> <laughs> well this is it and i think if you if you stick yourself on a public platform you're going to get a degree of stick but that one item that we did on hiv testing and the importance of it resulted in just one organization reporting a 900 percent increase wow. in the number of home tests ordered and it was that's how powerful it is and i think that's yeah. how important it is um and I, and I don't think people necessarily realize that yeah. that's
1: what we do sometimes have you watched it, a Sin?
2: Uh, yes, broke my heart.
1: It's Absolutely.
2: Amazing. Oh my gosh. It's wow. incredible. And it's and it's a lesson in history for some of us grew up in that time. I, you know, yeah. I was born late 70s, grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I know the stigma that was around the time. Being a kid, I didn't appreciate how strong that stigma and damaging it was. Yeah, yeah. And it's only now looking back on it and seeing things like it's sin, and that I realized, you know, things were horrible. People mm. were horrible to each other and And we need to learn lessons from that. And especially the fact that we're in a pandemic right now, we are seeing some of those behaviours replaying, um, particularly on social media. And I think Mm -hmm. that we have to remind ourselves that, hang on, we're better than that. We should have learned from this. Um, Right now, we need each other. We shouldn't be against each other. We should be trying to help each other out. uh, HIV and AIDS has taught us a lot of things. We must not forget those lessons.
1: Yeah, I I was really affected by it. We watched... um we sort of binged four episodes in, in one sitting yeah. and then I couldn't th- stop thinking about the programme until we watched the next episode. The next day it was really, really mm-hmm. moving. Um, yeah. One of the best things I've watched for, for a very long time. Um, But yeah, no, what I was going to say there was I saw on your, your Instagram that your parents were vaccinated the other day. Exactly, yes. yeah. <laughs> we're buzzing, we're buzzing oh. with that.
2: Hugely emotional and moment of relief, I think, yeah. because, um, you know, my parents have worked so hard and everyone wants the best for their parents and wants them to be safe uh, and, and looked after. And I think that the relief of seeing them getting the vaccine, especially when coronavirus and COVID affect people from Black and Asian and minority ethnic communities more yeah. than everybody else, it was such a relief to see actually there's there's a bit of protection that they're getting. Um, uh, and, and yeah, and working for the NHS myself and being a very strong vocal advocate of everyone, keeping ourselves and each other safe, especially by getting the vaccine whenever you're due. Um, it, was, it was really great to see them do that. And it sent out a huge message, I think, to my community. Yeah. To say that, look, let's put our money where our mouth is. I put myself being vaccinated on social media, not because I wanted people to say, oh, that's amazing. I wanted to show people, If I'm willing to have it done, and I want to put myself forward, then you should be too, because I'm playing my part. Let's all play our part, and if you can get it,
1: please, please do so. Yeah. So I've got two more questions before we do wrap it off, or up, if that's okay. okay. So for any parents listening to this who might be sort of uh, a little bit worried about their child over this sort of lockdown, as far as sort of mental health wise, what would your yeah, tips yeah. be? What would you uh, advise to any parent worried about the impact the lockdown has had on their child or children? Yeah.
2: I think a lot of parents will relate to what you've just said and be feeling like that especially right now um i think the most powerful thing that a parent can do is remember that you're not the therapist when your child is going through a mental health difficulty you don't have to have all the answers but what you can do as the parent is create an environment that is nurturing loving and safe where a young p- person can feel like they can come to you and talk and you will listen without judgment and yeah. then. Together you can go away and find the answers, or you can say, okay, right, let's explore some of this. Tell you what, let's go, let's go and look this up. Let's go and speak to someone together. Um, then they feel safe. You, you just need to create that environment of safety and support. Mm. That's the biggest thing I think you can do as a parent. And just remember, there are loads of resources out there available, probably more now online and remote resources than there have ever been before. And the NHS is always there. Healthcare professionals are always there to help you out. There are various charities, which we mention a lot of them in the book. At the end, there's loads of resources for parents, carers, and young people that are out there to support you when you're going through that struggle. But just remember that Remind your young person that you're there for them. You won't judge them. You'll listen that they're not the only person that's going through. Everyone has up days and down days. We can manage our feelings. Things can get better. And if you're really, really struggling, tell you what, let's go and find some help together.
1: Yeah, really, really good advice. Love it. Um, And the last question, and we ask this all of our guests, um, if you could speak to your 10-year-old self, if you could go back in time and speak to your 10-year-old self, what would you, uh, what yeah. advice would you give?
2: Gosh, um, that's, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, actually. Um, I think it's to, to say that basically it gets better. Yeah. It gets better no matter what you're going through right now. Um, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, you know, everybody has struggles. Everybody goes through hard times and things right now will be feeling really, really difficult at times. But trust me, it gets better. And trust me, it gets so much better. And that you are more capable, you are more resilient, and you have more potential than you realize. And all you need to do is tap into that. Yeah. You have, you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. So tell you what, put your mind to it. Be nice to other people. They'll be nice back. And, uh, yeah, go and grab your dreams because that's what you deserve. And every yeah. young person deserves that.
1: And I think any, hopefully any young person listening to that will, uh, will take that on board because it is... Uh... It's great. And it's it, when you say there about the word resilience, and I think, again, when we were talking before about all the qualities children have that a lot of adults don't have, I think that's one of the, you know, children are incredibly resilient. And speaking as a teacher, yeah. I know there's probably a lot of parents who are worried about, you know, w- lockdown and the impact it'll have on education, but I don't worry that when we do get back to normal, Children being incredibly resilient will will get back to where they need to be. Teachers and school staff will continue to work the backsides off because that's what they're amazing at. That's um, and, and it won't be long <laughs> before we're back we're back to where we need to be. So, um, yes. yeah. Have There's a, have a... hope
2: around the corner.
1: Absolutely. Light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I found that really sort of inspiring with all the, the sort of insights <laughs> oh, you've given just you. you know just the, the you know the, the things you've been saying there about taking risks and you know i think it's such an important la- lesson in life to 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 do that it's 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 brilliant so um so yeah thank you so so much for, for yeah, giving us your you. time brilliant really do brilliant. appreciate it thank
2: you so much and thanks for everything you do as teachers i think you're
1: brilliant oh thank you very very much cheers